Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another BitFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest, all the way from sunny or wintry Australia, I should say, Jack Sargent. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to be here again. Indeed, a returning guest, a returning guest. Um, and this time we've come to talk about the uh, Revelation Perth International Film Festival, which uh, you're very much at the heart of. Should we tell people first when, when the next Revelation is taking place? It starts on July the 9th and ends on the 19th. So we run it. We run in, in basically the middle of winter uh, every year, uh, which makes sense because obviously we're on the bottom of the planet. Uh, so yeah, it's runs in the middle of winter when it's kind of it's cold and wet, but not really cold and really wet. So people, you know, they get to go out and go to the cinema and watch a bunch of uh, movies. But of course, this year everything is a little different. I was going to say, so, I mean, I, I've got my email from Cineworld telling me that there's going to be social distancing access to Cineworld cinemas after the 10th of July or something. Um, you're going to be having a festival earlier than that in Australia. Does that mean in Australia you can go to the cinema? We're going to be streaming. Uh, so the whole festival is going to be streaming, which is intense. Uh, and then we would hope, uh, and I underline the fact hope, there'll be a physical festival later in the year. Cinemas are slowly opening up again here uh, in Australia, but they haven't opened yet. And obviously no one knows, you know, the, the, the longer the longer term what's going to happen. Forced into that position, we decided to do a streaming, do our festival streaming, uh, which is it's interesting because Perth is around the edge of the country on the west of Australia. And most of the film culture obviously that's kind of remote i think it's the most remote city in the world and you've got melbourne and brisbane and sydney all on the east coast so but because we're streaming people in the east coast actually get to see what we do which is kind of interesting and some of the films are streaming into new zealand as well and a couple of them are even streaming around the world i was going to say that's my next i was going to say that's my next question because i mean i i come to you fresh from i mean literally two days after virtual can um, where where films have been, I mean, market screened, I must admit, so only access to buyers and people like yourself programming festivals. But they were screening, they were able to screen, stream, sorry, to people all around the world. Does this mean Revelation will be accessible to me in, in little old UK or is it, are you geo-locked or whatever it is? Some of it's geo-blocked and some of it's not. So it obviously depends on the, the uh, right issues around films and filmmakers and so on. But there's a handful that, the handful that people can see anywhere in the world. So, you know, it gives, I don't know, it gives a taste, I guess, of what we do. You know, a big part for me about, about all this stuff is kind of community 
and having you know this kind of filmmaking community or artist community or whatever and it means that those people can still kind of experience these kind of films and you know interact on social media and so on so i think it's really important i think to me that's a really important thing that a festival does that it serves that kind of purpose are you gonna are you gonna do any um any broadcasting of yourself you know you and your you and your colleagues who run the festival sort of do facebook lives or things like that there will be i don't know if it'll be us but there will be things happening like that yes i i, I t- tend to like to not do it i tend to like to step back slightly uh because i think it's my job is to basically choose the films uh it's not just me but basically you know and I think there's other people whose voices need to get heard at some points. So we tend we tend to try and get filmmakers to do that, introduce, introduce films and things like that. Uh, and I think it's you know you, by the time the fest this is normally right in a normal year by the time the festival's on the big screen, I've been on the radio and, and all the newspapers or whatever, and they don't need me again. You know it's much better that some filmmaker who actually has made a film in the festival gets a chance i saw i didn't go i didn't take part in it but i managed to watch a um back in back in, when was it now back in april i watched um Tallinn festival in eastern europe um they they did a live stream of a panel so i got to listen to you know todd brown of xyz talking with brendan mccarthy one of the producers on vivarium and obviously neither of those, one was in toronto one was in dublin um, and the and the guy the guy hosting the conversation was in Eastern Europe and it was it was a fairly surreal experience but it, it at least provided you a little window into the filmmakers and the people involved with the film. You know, I think I think you have you have to work with what you've got, uh, and I think that you know it, it's important that anyone I guess in any kind of I mean I, I'm a, yeah talking about the arts right. But in any industry, any profession, now is a time that, you know, we can have to think of new ways of bringing people together. And if that's using, uh, you know, an online platform and bringing together a filmmaker and a curator and an editor from three different places to talk and the, the audience can watch and ask questions, I think, you know, you have to take that opportunity. Uh, and I think that's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And either we give up or we say, right, so we're going to do this. This is how we're going to survive. This is how our, you know, our culture is going to continue, or going to, going to be, maybe not even continue, but become something new. You know, uh, I think that's really important. I think it's important that people, people find new ways to to connect. You know, one of the sad messages that we're getting from everywhere is because of you know the the the, the public gatherings, the um. Uh, uh, the the funding for stuff the the free money the, the free money the money that's freely available to be either spent or invested in any kind of arts is obviously one of the seems to be one of the first things people want to knock off the list um and obviously that affects the artist directly not not anybody else there's something kind of crazy about asking people to you know lock down and stay at home and you know watch streaming movies and then and then cut the industry that makes those streaming things. I mean, it's what's kept people going. You, know? <laughs> I, you can get over romantic about this stuff, but you know, cave paintings, right? I mean, people have been using visual elements of you know storytelling since the beginning, mm. and I, I speculate they also had sound then as well. So they would have 
you know, sung or t- told stories or played whatever instruments they had. You know, so I think that, you know, creativity and the urge to create is a very important thing. And it should be, you know, people should recognize people recognize that it'd be nice if governments recognize that you know it is that classic thing isn't it governments seem to understand the value of nothing and the cost of everything yeah do do you frame revelation as a as a this or that type of film festival i mean for example you know fright fest is a horror film festival but actually it sort of subtitles itself by calling it the dark heart of cinema where, 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 do you, where do you position Revelation as a, as a film festival? I've been doing it, I think I've been doing it for about 13 years now. My colleague Richard started it uh, 20-something years ago, 22 years ago. Uh, and uh, he, I mean, he, he always you know, tells the story of starting in a basement of a club, just showing 16 mil movies and how it's grown from there. So it's grown with people who are interested in cinema. Uh, and We've all got our own kind of taste and so on. So, I mean, if you want to define it and describe it, uh, you know, the words that the media uses, words like eclectic and indie and, you know, uh, unusual, strange. And over the years, you know, we've done all kinds of wild stuff. Uh, We had uh, Leah Singer and Lee Ronaldo come. Uh, So Leah does uh, these multi- screen projections and Lee does an improvised guitar soundtrack with a hanging guitar. Uh, then we had one year we had Crispin Glover come over. Did you really? Uh, then we've, yeah, we had, we've had stuff like that. Then we had Jim Morton, who wrote incredibly strange films, came over and curated a Russ Mayer double bill and uh, introduced those, which was great. Uh, then we've had, oh, Steve Devin from Susie and the Banshees came over and did a live soundtrack one time. We had George Lazenby come over and talk about On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, you see, you see, you're, you're, uh, lit- so, you're literally proving eclectic and uh, unusual as you just reel these names off. The films we have, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think. One year we opened with uh, Under the Skin, you know, the one. Jonathan Glazer's uh, Scully, Yeah, Scully Hansen is an alien. Uh, I guess that's a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, and that we show stuff like we show the, you know, just all good. If it's, you know, stuff that, I mean, I really hate the kind of terms people use to describe it, like, yeah, left field and indie and, and weird. But I guess, I guess for you, I mean, as for you, that, 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 that there's, there isn't, there isn't a left field because it's, it's what you're interested in. Whereas obviously when you, when you look, when you step outside of what you like, it's like I, I, I find, I don't know, I mean, what have I been listening to of late? I've been going back over Godflesh's music. I've found myself listening to that again for a while and realising they've got a whole new bunch of stuff. Now, to me, that sounds perfectly normal, but to somebody else, it'll just sound like a road drill. Godflesh, back in a previous life, I actually put a Godflesh gig on when I was a teenager. Did you really? You see, now, now I'm more jealous of you, Jack, than I ever could be. I, all I managed was to get the word Godflesh painted on the back of my biker's jacket. I had a jacket with paintings on it too. <laughs> I had a big I had a big Sonic Youth one on the back of mine. And I guess as well, even in 13 years, I can imagine that in the 13 years you've been involved, the way the world moves forward, what's eclectic and unusual 13 years ago, isn't unusual now. So, I mean, like you think of a film like Under the Skin, there is there. I see films like Under the Skin all the time now, playing 
playing at, at, at mainstream horror festivals? What we do is it continually changes and, you know, uh, metamorphosizes into other things. So there's, you know, we're always thinking of new things to have new ways we can do things. Well, that's a, that's a segue. That's a segue if ever there was one, Jack. So the new things you've been thinking of, you've given me a list of five. I'm going to call them off one at a time, and we'll go. And you can tell it. You can tell my listener what what they're all about. One thing before we step into talking about that is, so we decided we were going to stream this year. Now, one of the things that we do as a film festival anyway uh, is we actually have our own streaming service uh, of our kind of the films we like. Uh, so people can go on there and, and see the kind of stuff we've programmed and they can stream titles from there. And those are titles that I'd say 40% are available anywhere in the world. Uh, so we, we have our own streaming service anyway. So we're, we're very much at, at the kind of how can we deliver, you know, in inverted commas, alternative or underground or independent or cutting edge cinema to people. So when the shit hit the fan this year, we were able to say, right, this, yeah, we've got this experience, let's join this experience and do a streaming festival. It's called Rev on Demand. Okay, cool. That's got, I'm just glancing at it now whilst I talk to you. We've got a film that I think you and me talked about before is on there. Ah, is on there. Yeah, I, although that might only be for Australia. Uh, we've got stuff like uh, Atmo Horrocks on, on there, which is a, a beautiful film. We've got the Bad Brains documentary, Banned in DC. Uh, I mean, we've got like there's hundreds of you know movies on there. And we've got some Craig Baldwin stuff on there. We've got uh, you know, Beauty is Embarrassing. We've got documentary about Stan Brackage. We've got Burn, which is a documentary about the fire brigade in Detroit. Uh, so yeah, all kinds of amazing and beautiful films on there. So it, it's in our blood. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, your streaming service and obviously your latest. Um festivals without further ado let's jump in to tell people what they're going to be able to see when the new when the new festival when the the virtual festival takes place um so number one on your list is francis ferguson dead pan comedy is probably the best description for it uh bob byington who did uh, seven chinese brothers and stuff like that uh it's a film about a, a small town scandal and it's it's a a beautifully realised, totally deadpan comedy about a small town scandal uh, teacher in a small town who basically her behaviour does does something uh, to basically out of kind of I guess some kind of ennui maybe uh, self destruction and it's it's just really beautifully realised, very dark but very funny. Uh, and uh, it's the kind of thing that I gravitate to. I actually first saw it. it I, I believe it played in South by Southwest last year, and I actually saw it right at the tail end of last year at Sydney Underground Film Festival. And I thought, oh, this is something. This is something I want. You know? In terms of selecting films for a festival, are you? Are you? Do you have to compile sort of too many? You have no idea. We have on our list. So we have several things. Like I chase films. And I normally chase between, this is feature films, between 250 and 350 feature films. But then we also have a call for entries and we get submitted hundreds of short films, a few features, a few feature documentaries, experimental films. So, I mean, over a year, I 
I, I literally don't know how many films I watch. I mean, some days in the last couple of months, I've been watching two or three films. How do you how do you maintain again not your critical faculties because I think they they're quite they're quite um, they're quite objective, but the subjective part of how you get to, what 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 drew you to film in the first place, you know, a love of something. How do you keep that love going when you're kind of having to sort of sausage machine films through? You'll see something and it'll just make you fall in love with cinema all over again. You'll see something and you'll be like, oh, this is just great. Yeah, you know, oh, this is, yeah. You know, and I'll talk to Richard on the phone or he'll call me and he'll say, have you seen this? Or have you watched this one in the call for entries? Or have you seen, and it will be like, you get that excitement. Uh, you know, the people in the team will be saying, oh, we just saw this. This is, so, the, you know, people come get excited. And I've got friends or people like you who will, you know, get excited about something. And that excitement's very very infectious. It's part of the fun of it. You know? It's part of, and normally, you know, you feel a bit down, you've watched like 15 not not particularly great films, and the 16th one just makes you think, oh, man, life is, you know, it's perfect. This is great, you know? And I, I, I think, and you have that sense of wonder. That sense of wonder doesn't go away. I still have that sense of wonder that I had when I was a kid sitting watching Godzilla films in, you know, cinema in East Croydon in 1974, you know. I still have that excitement. Obviously, Francis Ferguson, the way you describe it, that's a very traditional sort of route to finding a film. You've got, like, it plays at South and Southwest. You catch it at the Sydney Underground, did you say it was? Um, so that's, like, within the kind of framework of where we expect films. Now, your number two on your selection is Experimental Programmes 2019-20, which obviously isn't it isn't as obvious a way of programming so what what's what's that going to involve and how do you how do you you know where's your kind of we start here we end there in terms of what we want from our experimental program so that's a, that's all from the call for entries uh so we get sent a lot of a lot of experimental short films and we just sit there and watch them and you know like in the same way that when you watch any film uh you know what you're looking for even if you don't know what you're looking for uh you know uh, so it's not like you sit down and say, I want a film like this, but you have that thought in your head of, you know, uh, the kind of I don't know, idea of what an experimental film is going to be this year. And then it comes on and you're like, oh, this, this is what, this is perfect. Or the opposite happens. You're sitting there and you're thinking, God, why did someone make this? And then you start watching it and you're thinking, oh my God, that's so clever. You know, and you just, you know, so you, you get that joy of being wrong-footed and having to reconsider, that's actually a really smart idea. That's a really interesting film. So you get that. And one of the pleasures of programming is, is those moments where you have to reconsider your own taste. You have to reconsider your own relationship to cinema. And, yeah, that's a really important thing for me because you don't want to become cynical. You don't want to become jaded. And when you see something and it makes you think, you know, oh, that's, you know that's so special. And with the experimental program, you know, you're watching people who, you know, they're trying new ideas, they're exploring of light, they're exploring a form of sound or a narrative. Uh, and, you know, there's there's that sense of the wonder of what's possible with cinema. You know, and, you know, there's, there are people who do stuff in 16 millimeter, obviously they screen digitally, but uh, they originally shoot on 16 millimeter. And then there's people who do stuff like, it's all you know all digital constructions or whatever and and it's great because you just realize you know how many ideas there are out there and what's possible and what what's you know the potentiality of cinema can you can you shine a light i mean not, not to be unfair to the ones you don't but can you shine a light on one particular 
experimental film that took you took your eye that you've programmed this year? Oh, you know, you asked me that question. I can't think of any because I've just been watching so many compiling all these programs for the last two weeks. And I'll probably say one that's not in the program or it's in a different program or something. We have we have two experimental programs and we have I think it's three or four programs of, of different different kinds of short films as well. You know, horror, horror shorts and blah blah comedies. So I, I don't want to say a title in case I've got the wrong title. I know I know what you mean about sort of sort of sort of knowing it when you see it, but then not being sure what you're gonna get. I remember once sitting down to watch um it was a Mexican short film and it was it started off and it was just all it was was a was a uh, was a piazza. It was a black and white film. I think it was shot on sixteen mil and it was a piazza with a, a circle of sheep going around like a plinth in the middle. And all that happened was one of the sheep kept lagging behind and having to catch up. So it was almost like on a loop, but it wasn't. And I was kind of went through this kind of <laughs> process of watching. It was like a five minute short where it's like, no, this is stupid. In my head, I'm saying this. And then as I'm watching it, I'm just getting more and more drawn to this one little sheep that keeps getting left behind. And by the end of it, I'm, I'm completely and utterly sucked in. And it, sh- you know, it wasn't a narrative or anything. It just was an experiment in, in watching a, a fixed frame and what was happening in it. I think in experimental cinema, when you're watching something and you're thinking about why have they done this and how they've done this, and you get sucked into the experiments, you know, you get sucked into the, 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 the visual quality or the haptic quality or the sound of it or whatever. And it just, yeah, I think that's a really important part of it. Uh, and to me, the experimental stuff, it really does that. It just, it makes you re revisit cinema and re reimagine cinema and, yeah, ideas that you kind of describe them and they might not, people might say, really? But when you're watching it, you're like, this is perfect because it's doing something really interesting. And the pleasure or the experience uh, of watching is is not the same as an experience of watching, like going, you know, going to a multiplex and watching something. It's a very different experience of cinema, you know, and I think that's a really important experience of cinema. Doing something like this streaming, that's going to be really interesting to see how people, you know, watch experimental film in a, you know, a streaming context. Because the people who come and watch it at a cinema, you'll get like, yes, you don't use a huge screen, you use a smaller screen and people come. And they're very much, you know, you tend, we tend to program those on a Sunday. Uh, and it's the people who come, they'll drink a coffee and then they'll all stand around and talk about the experiments afterwards. They'll talk about the films. And, uh, yeah, doing that as an, yeah, a streaming thing. It's going to be a different experience for people. I was going to say, do you have do you have a do you have an, do you have the ability to provide sort of the virtual forum, as it were, where people can? We do. Yeah, we have we have social media, like Facebook, where people can come and discuss films and stuff. Uh, so people, will, you know, I'm sure we'll be fielding questions, and they'll be talking to each other. You know, uh, the, yeah, the the online festival hub kind of thing. Uh, and I think that's that's a really important part of it. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier about the importance of community. Jumping into your third highlight you've uh, drawn our attention to is Morgana, uh, a documentary, uh, indie porn documentary. Um, I, presu- I, I read that when, if, when you first came up, it was like it was an indie film, but you mean indie, independently made pornography, a documentary about that. Yeah, so it's, it's about a woman called Morgana who... Uh, in middle age, reinvented herself as a sex-positive porn star and became like a, 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 
kind of feminist icon for ethically produced porn. And so, yeah, it's a documentary about her. It follows her from Australia to Berlin. Uh, and, yeah, it just tells, tells her story. And it's, it's great because, I mean, these kind of stories, you know, they, I, think they, I think these kind of stories need to be told. Uh, it's the stories that paint a different picture from what people imagine things are going to be. Uh, and I just think her, her story, I found, you know, inspiring is probably, I'm not sure if it's inspiring, but this, yeah, I found it really kind of important, you know. Uh, I think, and I think that, I think that people will watch it and they'll, they will kind of gravitate to its importance and so on. and 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 what she's done and how important what she's done is you know uh and i think it's that sense of of someone who's just gone out and, and lived their life is living their life which get, i'm going to say which gets harder and harder doesn't it that's that's something that sounds easy but actually that gets harder and harder in a in a world where god social media can judge you in about two seconds flat now can it you 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 can be a hero and zero in two seconds now based on based on a choice you make. And, you know, that's without saying a mistake that consensus says you've made. So the idea of going out on a limb like she seems to have gone here. It reminds me of, um, I mean, this is a feature film rather than a documentary or, or is a thing he's filmed Short Bus. I love that film. See, that's a really good film. That's a really good film, you know. You know what I mean? The, the way that that, that, that presented that, uh, that idea, by the end of it, all the anguish and all the anxiety, and it's just like, just live your own best life. I mean, if you're not, if you're not hurting other people, then really it's a victimless crime, isn't it? But also people creating stuff and creating stuff that they want to create, not creating stuff uh, that's mediated by, you know, other things, you know? You want, you want people to just to create. And I, I really, I'm, obviously, because, you know, what I do in my life, my interest is people who, who create and how people create and how you, explore those kind of questions what it means to be creative and so on i'm gonna say i mean if, if you were writing death tripping today would 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 someone like morgana be 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 a subject to choose you know obviously that was of a particular period in time and a particular movement in film but in terms of the type of movies it was the independently inspired movies i mean it's, it's something that i yeah i mean i think it's what those yeah those kind of people that i find i i'm drawn to you know i'm drawn to their stories i'm drawn to that kind of artwork and and that's an Australian film as well, is it? Is that, am I right? That's an Australian film as well, yeah. Uh, and I imagine it's one you're going to hear a lot more of in the months ahead. Now, a name I am more familiar with is for your fourth choice you're highlighting is Siberia, Alba Ferreira's, Abel Ferreira's new one. Um, was that like a no-brainer to choose that? You can't not love Abel Ferreira, you know? You watch his films and they're just... He's he's one of the, the great auteurs, I think. Uh, and yeah, anytime he makes a film, you just it's just it's so fascinating. It's you know it's yeah, he's a great filmmaker. He's one of the, the greats, you know. What do you think he's doing, or what do you think he's been he's been doing that has enabled him to stay to stay interesting for you as a film fan? Because he doesn't he doesn't repeat himself. He does not repeat himself. He 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 he, he you know. He pushes himself, I think, artistically pushes himself into new places. Uh, I don't think he, you know, he takes it easy on himself. I think he's like, you know, he still makes stuff that's not like anyone else. 
and he's still yeah i think he's an author i mean and i yeah he's one of those people who who has his vision and he makes it and yeah his films are always different but they're always able for our films you know and i, and I think that's a, yeah to me that's a really important thing uh about him is that 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 uh that kind of quality of his films where you know the stories he's telling the performance he gets from his actors uh yeah i think he's just a great a great filmmaker I like the fact that sort of in my formative years, it was almost like this is where Abel Ferreira is going to become mainstream. He does, he does King in New York and he does Bad Lieutenant. And you're like, he's never going to be mainstream. No, I think that's exactly it. I mean, he's just too far in his own kind of zone. He's in his own space. He's, he's creating stuff that, you know, that's he's... I'm just trying to think of an analogy. I mean, like, yeah, he's making more work than Europe. You know, I think, yeah, he's... Uh, a European art house film director, basically, at this point, I think. You know, I think, yeah, I think that's that's he's really important, really important filmmaker. We showed his film Pasolini a few years ago. Yeah, it was just great to watch that on the big screen, you know, with an audience. And you know, I, I, yeah, I just find Abel Ferrara to be really, really special filmmaker. Uh, yeah, your fifth, really important. your fifth, your fifth choice you've given us is an ideal host, which you're you're telling me is a world premiere of a no budget horror. So do you want to tell us about who's behind that no budget horror and and, and why would you be world premiere in a no budget horror? We live for that, yeah, you know, low budget films. Yeah, uh, this is we live for people who are just going out there and doing it. Uh, and this is uh, yeah, produced in WA uh, by. Yeah, I believe yeah, first time filmmaker. WA is short for what? Oh, Western Australia. <laughs> so it's the state. It's the state. It's the state that Perth is in. So yeah, so it's like. Uh, so this is a homegrown product. Yeah, it's, it, uh, homegrown product. It's. Uh, I don't want to say too much. It's 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 a, it's a a B movie, a B movie horror movie, which you, yeah elements of horror, science fiction, uh, comedy. Well, can I can I can I read what IMDb says, Jack? Oh yeah, go on. It says Liz just wants to host the perfect dinner party, but an unexpected guest sends the evening into chaos with potentially apocalyptic consequences. That's a pretty good description of it. <laughs> yeah. So how do, I mean I'm I'm imagining that the the Robert Woods or Tyler Jacob Jones who wrote it have got a relationship with the festival, or is or is this relationship formed? No, with, no, they they. They submitted it from the call for entries, uh, and yeah, we get so we get this stuff from the call for entries from these first-time filmmakers, and so on, and yeah, they 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 made this film, uh, and it's like I say, it's a low-budget uh, horror science fiction comedy. Uh, it's imaginative. Uh, it's yeah, it's uh, I I think yeah. When you're looking for films to program and you see something like this, you think this is just. <clears throat> and again, it's a weird thing about streaming because normally something like this, you'd say, I oh, will stick it on at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night, you know? Uh, it's, it's got that kind of late night, you know, kickback, you know, what watch a horror movie kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, your classic midnight movie. Exactly. Uh, and that's. that's uh, you know that's uh, a ple- a real pleasure for me. You know, just finding those kind of films. You know, and this is one of them. It's just you know, 
that's what it says on the box. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, it's interesting given where we started, where you said obviously Perth is on the opposite side of the country from where all the other media hubs and filmmaking activities would exist, and yet you're world premiering a film that's been made on your doorstep. So is, is this representative of a, of a kind of local, local um, movement? Probably too strong a word. One of the things is about programming films is that every time you start the process, you find stuff from, you know, there's you know, people making films in, you know, Sully Hole, and there's people making films in Perth, and there's people making films in, you know, uh, rural Wisconsin. You know, there's people, there's, you know, I mean, you can get a bit too kind of over-emotional about saying that we've all been freed of digital technology and stuff, but there's a sense that, you know, the technology to make a film is in your telephone. So, you know, I see a lot of a lot of talent in a lot of places that people might not expect it. And I think that's a really good thing. And, you know, the, you know small towns, you know, second cities, whatever you want to call them, rural communities, they always have, always see good work from those places. You know, and I think that, you know, ta- talent is everywhere. You know, that all that people need is the opportunity. And my job is, I guess, to try and give them that opportunity. Brilliant. Well, let's remind, let's remind people, Jack, um, when is the 2020 festival? So the 2020 festival is it's on the 9th of July it kicks off. It's, so you, <laughs> you go to, the website is RevCouched, couched, because we're on our couches, right? RevCouched, and it's at eventive.org. I will put a link in the show notes, Jack, to make that easy for people. Excellent. Excellent. So and I think that people can go and they, they can see a whole bunch of things there. In Australia, people can see everything. And in other places, they can see some of the films. Uh, but it gives people an idea. And I think it also gives people an idea of, you know, what's happening out there, you know, uh, because there is, you know, this huge, vibrant, important film cultures all around the world. And, you know, I think hopefully this gives people a taste of just stuff that's out there. Well, look, I'm, 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 I'm all for and always excited by curated spaces and obviously a, a film festival that's been able to get themselves live in a virtual sense during a pandemic is a chance for more people to uh, experience that as well. Uh, so just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the Britflix podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's great. I love talking about movies with you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.